We're at the Surbiton Trophy. Dennis, thank you very much for talking to us. You've just lost in the final, but you've had a really good tournament. You beat Andy Murray in the semis. So uh, how's it gone this week? Yeah, I mean, uh, first week on grass. Um, you know, I've had I've had years before where I've lost first round and it takes a couple of weeks to, you know, get used to it. So I'm really pleased that I was able to kind of find my range, find my game right away. Um, obviously, beating Andy Murray uh, will definitely be a, a highlight of my career for sure when, I'm, when it's all said and done. But... Um, Again, I just felt like I was playing better and better. Uh, it sucks that I wasn't able to go all the way, but um, you know, Jordan played an incredible match. I, I was happy I was able to, you know, force him to play that level. Um, but there's there's a lot of positives to take, and so a few weeks before Wimbledon, where where I definitely want to peak, but uh, I'm optimistic for the weeks to come, and yeah, I look forward to it. I was just looking at your results. Actually, you've had four really good wins: Alexei Popperin, Liam Brody, Max Purcell, and then Andy Murray this week. Before that, wasn't so quite so successful on clay. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no, clay, <laughs> clay is clay is just surviving for me. Um, I've always looked forward to grass. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've become a whole different player. Where on clay, maybe I'm not so intimidating. While on grass, I feel like I'm a threat right away. So. Um, there's more pressure to it, but I, I enjoy it. I had take a lot of pride in my in my grass game, and um, you know I'm just happy I was able to deliver right away. Yeah, your results on uh, grass just superb. But along with Andy Murray, you've beaten the likes of Gail Morfis. You have a win over uh, Sasha Zverev on grass. So, mm-hmm. what is it about grass that brings out the best in your game? Um, for me, I just feel like I'm just comfortable. I feel like my mind just operates quicker. Um, it just suits my game naturally really well. Um, so there's not too much adjusting that happens. Um, I think I move well on it, which a lot of guys struggle with. Mm-hmm. I just trust it. Um, and then I always I always thought that it came down to who's really the better returner, and I feel like returns are one of the strengths of my game. So, um, again, it just all comes together, you know, and – just every single year seems to seems to click so uh the more comfortable you get in a place or on a surface uh just the more the confidence grows every year you grew up in uh, the usa i believe you moved to the usa from kiev in ukraine mm-hmm. i'd love to speak to you about what's going on in the country of your birth yeah. uh, are you keeping an eye on it um i am um i talked to my parents probably the most about it um and obviously it's it's incredibly unfortunate. I, I don't have that much family there, but they're luckily they're in places that um, you know are out of harm's way. But again, the, the stress level is still pretty high. Um, but it's it's just unfortunate. Um, it's long conversations. Um, it's it's kind of you're kind of in awe with what's happening, especially in this day and age. Um, and you know you hope that it's going to be over uh, sooner than later, but. Uh, there's only so much we can do from here, um, but you know we hope and pray for the best, and um, we keep in touch with everybody we know there, and and just hope for this to to end as soon as possible. And given what you do, I mean, it's quite a, a very tough sport, really, to play. You need to keep your mind uh, concentrated on the matter in hand. Is it something that you're paying attention to daily, or do you try and keep away from it when you're playing matches? I try to, again, like I, I try to talk to my parents about it and not try to watch the news too much. Um, as we all know, the news is very depressing uh, anytime you turn it on, no matter what network you turn it on. So, uh, there's, I mean, everyone's, everyone's got kind of their, their own story that they have to figure out. So, um, again, 
prayers, thoughts and prayers. They, they, they go so far. We do whatever we can. But um, I try not to think about it too much just because if that's going to get me super down, I, I, can't, I can't do my part in, in, in my life uh, to do something impactful and positive for anybody. So, again, you just hope and pray for the best. And uh, you, you just try to be the most positive person, the most impactful person you possibly can be. Your parents uh, moved over to the USA when you were young and uh, I think you were just one years old. And how have your parents impacted your tennis? Um, yeah, I mean, again, it was it was an accident that I started playing. Um, and they've been incredibly supportive of my whole career, um, every single level that I've hit. Um, they really have not been heavily involved whatsoever. They've respected the space. Um, I mean, it, it, sometimes it works. You know, the parent-kid combo, I knew it wasn't going to work for me, and they respected it. Um, but, you know, they're my biggest fans. They watch all my matches. Um, and, yeah, I'm just super grateful for the positions they've put me in my life and um, the understanding of, of what I do, how I do it. And, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm definitely very grateful. We hear so many kids, especially from the USA, either being born in California or Florida, but you were in Maryland and you went to the JTCC, which is a world-renowned academy now. Yeah. It's a phenomenal outfit, isn't it? Can you explain why it's so great? Yeah, I mean, it started, I started um, when I was probably in 2000, 2001, and the club actually started in 99. Um, and I've actually ended up meeting a couple guys that were you know that were pitched to to start this academy and you know ken brody who started it who was a big hedge fund guy and uh, i just developed into an incredible junior development place that that's every single generation has created a pro uh men or women so um you know we had we had first phil simmons who got the 200 was number one junior in the world we had trett huey it was top top 20 uh, then it was me, and then it was Francis. Now we have Haley Baptiste, Robin Montgomery, um, and they just continue to create. Um, so a lot of people that were kind of the focal points of the development have stayed there and have continued to show that they understand what they're doing. They understand the process. Um, every kid's a little bit different, but at the same time, there are fundamentals that need to happen and they know how to do it to the best of their abilities so uh i'm just i'm super happy that it's continued i love seeing um you know jtcc uh being represented on atp and wta tour and uh i'm definitely super honored to be part of that place i know francis tfo goes back there quite a lot because of course his father worked there and francis and his twin brother played uh is that something you do when you go back to the states yeah i was actually just back there uh after the uh, right, right before the French Open, I went back and I happened to be there to say hi to everybody. Uh, but we practice when we're both home. Um, again, it, it, it's a family feel. We try to go back, always try to give back. Um, you know, I've known Francis his whole life. I've seen the whole story firsthand. And uh, again, it's it, it's an incredible place. There's incredible stories that come out of there. Um, his story is incredible, but. He's not the only one that has an incredible story there, and it, it, it's fun to watch uh, what keeps getting developed. You've got a great smile on your face when talking about it, so you can see how, yeah. just uh, how in love with that place you are. And it's not about tennis, just about tennis, is it? There's a lot of giving back mm -hmm. with the JTCC. So explain that, please. Yeah, I mean, uh, I even remember when I was doing the schooling there. We we definitely did a lot of 
community service um we try to give back as as a pro me and francis we would talk to the kids after practice we would hit with the kids too and kind of inspire them because that was something that we wish we had and um you know the sport it can be very brutal um very harsh very selfish but if you have an opportunity to give back re-inspire a kid do something to give them that dream as well and know that it's it's a reality um i think that's truly special again like me francis we're we're not freaks we didn't do anything out of the <laughs> ordinary we just we followed a plan that happened to be what jtcc does we did it to the best of our ability and it worked and they show time and time again that uh that their process is, is very successful and being a tennis player it is a selfish sport, especially when you play singles. You have to think about yourself and focus on yourself completely. But the fact that you've been helping others in your junior career and on the way up, has that helped sort of gain a wider perspective? Absolutely. Um, I think sometimes you almost learn the most when you're actually teaching somebody because then you realize the information that you've gotten and the way that you kind of do things. When you kind of say it out loud, your mind processes a little bit more. Um, so you don't want to give somebody who's on the younger generation wrong information. So it's your inf- it, it kind of everything clicks in your mind, and you have a wider perspective. Um, you realize you're not the center of the universe, center of the universe, um, and uh, you can definitely get caught up when you're super successful or. Again, you're losing a lot of matches and you think it's just the world's against you, but it really isn't. Uh, you, you know, you have control of certain things, but everyone's out here trying to get the same goal. And it's cutthroat. It's it's very tough, but uh, again, it has a lot of its rewards. And, uh, and you know, when you have success on tour, it, it's super fulfilling. Um, you're now currently coached by Robert Lindstead, but uh, the JTCC, I believe you were with Frank Salazar. How did he impact your career? Yeah, he was like my second dad. Um, I was with him for 10 years. Um, he was the reason I felt like I kind of had that bulldog mentality my whole career, uh, keeping me super fit, super gritty. Um, he never really let me get away with certain things, which in, in the end, as much as I hated it at the time, <laughs> ended up being a huge, um, a huge weapon. So... Um, you know, forever grateful for everything that he's done. Uh, I still try to talk to him from time to time, and it's fun to reflect on kind of the, the process we had of, of, of my development. And um, like I said before, it, it, it just shows how, how successful that place is and, and the people they've put to help develop great talent. So Frank was uh, very impactful in your career, and I know you've spoken about how your parents were as well, but I'm interested to hear that they weren't really pushing you and you didn't really want that. But your mum, I believe, spent many, many hours taking you from tournament to tournament. You were a great junior, world, former world number three, I believe. So uh, a lot of time spent with mum and dad in the car. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so they would take me in a few tournaments, a couple long drives from D.C. to Florida, you know, 16, 17-hour drives. Um, in the beginning, I was, they were taking me an hour to JTCC and back. We lived in Virginia. But then um, they allowed me to be super independent right away. I started traveling with coaches alone when I was 11, 12. I started taking, uh, you know, the metro system when I was 12 years old uh, with some of the older kids that lived mm. nearby. So I was getting chaperoned, but they allowed me to be super independent from a very young age and trusted me. Um, so I'm just glad that I had I had good people around me, good mentors that you know didn't let me fall off the line. So um, yeah, I mean, 
as as much time as you think I'd spend with my parents. I really didn't spend that much time <laughs> with them. Uh, they were super supportive. They came to some big events, um, but I, you know, I'll never forget my, my mom. She definitely gets super nervous, and you can see it right away. But as I've gotten older, and and they've kind of accepted the wins, the losses, what they can't control. Uh, they they've learned to enjoy it a lot more than rather than stress. So it's it's awesome. And probably you, the fact that you're so independent probably relieves the pressure off them because they know they can trust you and you're going to find your way to the tennis centre. You're not going to get lost en route. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's probably every parent's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trusting kid. I mean, I talk about Rob. Rob's got a one-year-old right now and it's just we talk about, you know, the future and just how sometimes at some point you got to let, let it go, you know. And you hope for the best and you hope that you teach them the right ways by the correct actions and correct lessons. And um, that's all you really can do. Did your parents have any influence on whether at uh, the time you chose the pro career or you went to college? Um, so I actually, I, I won Orange Bowl when I was 16. I was offered a contract. Um, so the time of when it happened was forced upon us. And then the decision was up to us. And um we kind of looked at it as like you always have an opportunity to go to college but you have one kind of time one kind of window in your life that you can be a professional tennis mm. player so they were super supportive of it and uh just kind of see how i developed and luckily right away i was always kind of a steady climb i know i didn't really shoot up but mm. they said why not and uh it, it was a tough first couple years but they kept telling me you just can't give up you can't quit uh, and, and I'm even learning lessons today where it's just anybody can quit. It's super easy to quit, but not too many people are, are persistent and willing to go through the ups and downs. So uh, it's a lesson that I've learned over time. And, and I almost feel like now that I'm older, I'm really grasping how, how lucky I was to have great people around me. So no regrets about uh, skipping college. Are you surprised about how many great players are coming out of college? I mean, John Isner is one of them, and Cam Norrie is doing brilliantly from TCU. I would say um, right when I was going pro was maybe when it started teetering to where like college was becoming an okay decision. Uh, right now, I believe that it's a phenomenal decision. There's, there's a handful of coaches that are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and just how tough it is to make it in this sport at such a young age, I, th- I think it's the pathway for most people. Um, and if you can prove yourself in college, get to number one, win, win NCAs, um, then you go pro. And you, and you have a little bit of security, you at least have something to fall back on. Mm. Um, but am I really surprised now? The quality of coaches is super high in some of these schools. Uh, Cam Norrie's coach is actually my USTA development coach, David Redditi. Um, if he would have gone to college earlier, I probably would have gone to college wherever he went. So I am not surprised at all. But, um, again, you know, you have programs like Georgia, UVA, Florida, um, USC, UCLA that are just so good at at creating talent or noticing talent and and allowing them to keep going forward. So I'm not surprised. I think it's just going to get better and better. Um, And, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased to see that the college system's working. Um, let's come back to 2022 for you. It's been a fantastic year, hasn't it? You went on a really good winning run in March. You won in the Phoenix Challenger, then you qualified in Miami and got to the third round. So has that been coming? Have you felt a little momentum? And now you've, of course, beaten Andy Murray. Yeah. Um, again, I'm trying to learn how to believe in my ability, believe in my game a little bit more. Um, you know, coming up on 30, you know, you start realizing <laughs> you don't have that much time left. Um, so you, you want to not waste time, but be grateful for it and work, you know, as hard as you can. Um, I've always known I've, I've had a super high level, 
Um, consistency has always been a little bit of an issue, but I know if I surround myself with the right people, which I feel like right now I do, um, good things can happen on a daily basis. So it's doing the basic things perfect that create kind of these unbelievable stories that some people that don't understand think that comes out of nowhere, but it really doesn't. Um, it, it's just showing up to practice every day, quality every day, doing the right things, doing the little things, just going to bed on time, just eating not horribly, showing up to practice, showing up to fitness, <laughs> taking care of your body. And over time, those things will will show on the court. And, and, and you know, we all know uh, amongst those players, like who's doing things right and who isn't. And usually the ones doing right are the guys that are in the finals. Talking about uh, somebody doing something right, we've got, uh, we're speaking on a day where Rafa Nadal has won a 22nd major. You played him this year in Acapulco. Yeah. I believe it ended with a loss, but what does the guy bring to the table which makes him so difficult to beat? Again, he, he has the mental intimidation on most of the tour. Um, and it's just his talent level is incredible. His resilience is incredible. Um, his, his vision for the games and, and what he brings to the table and how he can implement it on everybody is just at the best of the best. Um, you know, he plays the lefty stand, the lefty kind of style so well. He's got such good power. He plays every single point with focus and intent. Um, he's so positive. I mean, I was, was even talking about the other day where it's incredible where he's been playing for 17 years and he's never broken a racket. And it's like, wow, never broken a <laughs> everybody's broken a racket. He has never broken a racket. So what he has there and what is in his brain is just is incredible. So it's inspiring to watch it firsthand. It was inspiring to watch to play him even and, see, and kind of see what he does um, and kind of compare it to playing Novak, playing Roger, now playing Andy. Um, it, it's, it's just amazing what he can do at such high level and on any given day and so consistent where it's, it feels superhuman. And you said you're nearing 30. Do you expect your career to go on for a few more years? Yeah, I would like to play as long as I can, as long as I'm healthy, as long as I feel like I'm relevant, uh, as long as I'm doing the things right and I, and I still have that fire. Uh, we always say, you know, once you start losing matches and you stop losing that disappointment, then, you know, there's, there's a question. But again, you know, it's, it, it, the fire's still there. It's still going to be there for a while. Uh, I feel like, especially with these top guys finishing, there's there's an opportunity of a new wave. Uh, and a lot of these guys have peaked in their careers in their 30s, so, you know, why not me? So I, I believe that I can be no different, and, um, you know, I believe in, in the work and ability that I have. Dennis, uh, congratulations on a great week. Congratulations on a great year. And I wish you the very best for the grass court season mm -hmm. and the rest of 2022. Thank you. Thanks for having me.